home. Thanks for watching or listening to episode 30 of VIP Boxing's Bell to Bell podcast. Whether you're watching on VIP YouTube or downloaded for a listen on iTunes or Spotify, it would be nice if you could leave a comment and uh, that helps us get pushed a bit. I'm Steve Lillis and my co-host, John Evans. You hear that every week. Same three words now every week. You sound, John? I'm good, Steve. How are you? Yeah, I'm all right, mate. I'm good, mate. Getting ready for Fulham's relegation party. By the time people are watching this, we'll be back in the championship for a while. Anyway, that's by the by. I'm talking boxing with you and our special guest this week, Jack Cantrell, a man who's waiting patiently, extremely patiently, for um, his world title chance and will be challenging the winner of next week's Josh Taylor, Jose Ramirez Super Lightweight Unification Clash. That's if there's any justice. That should be happening ASAP. Jack, thanks for coming on. No, thank you for both having me on. Uh, pleasure to be on. Are you both keeping everything okay? Yeah, all good. All good. And I'll tell you good what, stuff. I just I might be wrong here. I did a quick check before we started recording this. You might know this. And did you know that your 26 in zero is the best 100% record in British boxing now after Billy Joe Saunders lost? Tyson, Stop it. Is that right? I, I, hey, someone correct me. I've gone through as far as I can go today. I think Tyson Fury and Thomas Patrick Ward have won more and they're undefeated, but they've drawn a fight each. And wow. um, I, I think the nearest to you is Michael McKinson and Zach Parker. They're 20 or 21 and zero. Someone might correct me, but from what 10 minutes looking through box rec, I think I'm right. Nice, I'll take that one, one for the scrapbook. Yeah, so <laughs> yeah. I'm pretty sure. So have a look on Box Record when you come off and go through all the British pound for pound and your your 26 and 0 is the best 100% record. Man, happy days. <laughs> you want to just sit, sit on it, Jack, and let your record... It seems like everyone's falling around you. You're not fighting, but you're climbing those rankings. Hello, and I'd sooner be fighting. I can't wait. No, it's, yeah. it, like you said before, it, I've been very patient and it feels like it's been a long, long time coming. But hopefully, this fight, next next two weeks, the fight is. And then hopefully, not too long after that, I'll get me get me crack at it. Yeah, and I know it's yeah, one of your what, topics, so we'll talk about the fight. Sorry, John, there. Um, yeah, I was going to say, what, what have you been doing, Jack? You know, I've, I've, it's the house that Jack built, isn't it? I've seen this, what the foundations for a gym going in at your place now. You've got a daughter. Life's changed, hasn't it, really? Yeah, I've been busy, although it's all been going on house being built and uh, the arrival of my daughter but uh, you speak to anybody I'm in the gym every day uh, I'm fortunate enough that the gym's only only up the road from where I live so uh, part of my routine in the gym every day whether I've got a fight or not and I think that's what's going to set me aside from the others when when I do get the call I won't need 10 14 16 weeks I'll be ready yeah, just um, I know you, the Taylor Ramirez is one of your topics at the pod later on. Um, but are you going out there next week, or is it just impossible to go with all the travel stuff and getting part, you know, permission to leave and fly to America? You know what? I'm hearing loads of different things. You can go, you can't go. I've actually been on the phone this morning with my management, and up to now, I am looking at flying next week. Uh, all being well, uh, letters from the government, COVID tests quarantine when you get back but all being well I'll be able to get out there yeah important you go there as well as much to you know for the American press out there see the face and who, who the guy that's going to fight and that's really important I think to be around that media room for a couple of days before the fight yeah I've said I've said for a while I need to be there uh, 
I stepped aside to allow the fight to happen, but uh, I've been promised the winner and I need to show that I'm serious about it. And it'd be nice to go over there and watch him firsthand. Uh, I think I've watched Taylor fight once uh, up close when he boxed uh, Regis Progre. I was at that fight, but it'd be nice to be there, get a feel for it and uh, see who I get to fight later this year. Okay, well, we'll get going. What, how this works, Jack, and anybody listening for the first time, we discuss each topic for three minutes. And at the th end of the three minutes, what happens, John? You get a bit serious. Yeah, the bell comes in, Jack. Oof. He's got the bell. We'll start going. John, round, round one is over to you. Um, I think you're going to talk about a man of the, man of the moment or the man of the yeah. year. Who's going to beat Canelo? I, I was looking down the rankings at light heavyweight, super middleweight and middleweight, and I, I can't see anybody. You're, if you look back recent, we've seen him beat boxers. We've seen him beat movers. We've seen him beat punchers, southpaws. We've seen him dominate big men over 12 rounds. We've seen him stop smaller men and many on size. We've seen him flatten people. We've seen him outthink people. I just can't think of a way to beat him at the moment. He's, he's in that period of time where he's going to be pretty much untouchable for another 18 months, possibly. You know, since that loss to Mayweather, around the time probably Jack sparred him, um, he's just improved so much and the improvements just keep on coming. So rather than throw names out, you know, we could all pluck a name out of thin air, someone who might beat him. What type of fighter do you think it's going to take to actually beat Canelo at the minute? Well, I don't think there's any... Sorry, Jack, you go first. You've been in with him. You're the boxer. No, and I would just... When I watched it over the weekend and it come up, he's uh, tail of the tape and he's 30 years old. I was like, God, when I spied him, I was, was very young in my early 20s and he was only a, he's only three, four years older than me. I couldn't believe it. I was like, wow. He, he's achieved so much and still he's only 30 years old. And, and like I said, time and time again, he just keeps on proving how good he is. Boxers, punchers... And he just finds a way to win every time. I think the only person's pony sort of fighter who can give him problems is someone maybe a southpaw or someone who can move like Billy Joe, you know, move better than Billy Joe and has got serious power. You've got to make him think because at the moment, everyone he's faces, not through their fault, he can just walk through everything they're throwing. It's good. The only way he, he's going to have a tough fight, I think, even, is being made to think. But who is out there out there that's going to, you know, you, you're looking for names. Who, who, who can make him think? The only thing that can beat him right now, and the only thing that will beat him right now, isn't an opponent. It's a live opponent. It's one called Father Time. Yeah, I, I, I just can't see it. You know, like Billy Joe was, you know, he was giving him problems. He had to think his way through it. But Billy Joe didn't have that power to make him worry. So Canelo knew he could take his time. He knew he could be patient. And he knew that a, an opportunity would come. Much the same as he did with Khan. Khan was picking and poking and staying away. But Canelo knew a, an opportunity would come. So it's got to be somebody who can make him think, but also switch plan and make him pay as well. And I, I just can't see anybody about at the moment. Um, there was a lot of there was a lot of people. Sorry, go on. go on, Jack. There was a lot of people saying, "Well, yeah, if you look at the Khan fight; he was getting outboxed, and, and Billy Joe's a phenomenal boxer." But I think deep down, Canelo knows that. You know yeah. what? I'm not going to try and match him for picking pop little shots and stealing rounds. He has that much confidence in his power, and he knows that, like you said before, there's going to come a time in the twelve rounds where uh, they're going to slow down and 
Oh, there we go. <laughs> but round two, um, <coughs> referring to Saturday, narrative nightmares <laughs> about everyone seems to have an agenda after fights and history rewritten. Now, maybe it's, you know, social media and stuff, but I think Canelo Saunders is a prime example where people were saying Billy Joe was winning, it was terrible, you know. And, you know, others saying he quit because they got their agenda and others, you know, going their own way. There was one on IFL TV I found quiet, you know, and I'm a, I'm a good mate. Well, I'm not a good mate. I'm a mate of Coogan's. Get on very well. And, and Umo, we get on well. But I'm just a bit disappointed when I see agendas, even from media outlets, where they got these banners of, you know, how, you know, Billy Joe did so well the other night. People call him a quitter or awful. That was a horrific injury. We can only imagine how bad it was. Horrendous. Um, he, he did as well as he could the other night. But you got, you know, their agenda when, you know, there, there's reporting on him where it says, you know, Billy Joe, you know, could have been blinded, you know, may, may not have to fight again. Compare that to when Dubois lost, where it was, you know, all headlines of, you know, he quit, he quit from them. I just find that disappointing. I find people on Twitter having this agenda about how they rewrite fights. Go on. Yeah, I am the same. I find it very disappointing. I mean, there's been times where, where I've boxed and I've, I've come home and I've been on the internet and, and you kind of just have to grow a thick skin to it. Everyone's got an opinion. Uh, but you're right, it's not right. And especially when the media get behind it and everyone's already a preconcept of what they're going to say about them. It's, it's disrespectful. I mean, yeah. we build up for this one night and it could have been he could fight once, twice. Here, the footballers are fighting every week. Uh, the, the footballers play every week, and it kind of gets the little things get brushed under the carpet. But when it's a boxing match, it just seems like uh, that one night, and they can say what they want, and it, and it lasts forever because yeah, that, until your next fight, I guess. And, and they want to say it's like I don't want Billy Joe. He did. They keep saying he did brilliant the other night, but people then was making. You know, it, it, some were saying he was quitting, and they have this agenda, and that's how they all rewrite their bit of history for that fight forever. I, I, I can't figure out, but, pe but people that tend to do that, and I can't figure it out, are the people that support different promotions like this football. This is it, yeah. It's just madness, isn't it? You know, I, oh, everything on Frank Warren's channel is shit because I like Matchroom, or everything on Matchroom, Matchroom's shit because I don't like Eddie Hearn. It's just madness. You know, it's one sport, isn't it? It's the same ring, it's the same people doing the same thing. Why can't you just enjoy the sport? I, I don't understand all these tribal rivalries, to be honest. Yeah, and I think that that's what calls it. This the the, prom, the promoters with um, the war. Just this fight Saturday really stuck that out for me with people. And I wonder, and I think, well, you know, what somebody. <laughs> and Jack, you're going to talk about your first subject, Fury Joshua. Fury Joshua. Uh, some people are getting sick of hearing it. Is it happening? Is it not happening? When's the announcement? Where's it going to be? Uh, we're in so many different things of different because it's obviously a co-promotion. Uh, one side saying one thing, one side saying the other. Then there's a disagreement. It's like God, and I think we will have all seen it after the Billy Joe fight on Saturday. Eddie heard, give us a little wink and said we've got an announcement next week. So uh, I've not read anything else since, but I really hope that's the announcement that we we all get to hear sometime this week. Yeah, they've got to be running out of time to announce this fight. Um, because I know there's a date, I think it's either July, the last Saturday in June or the first Saturday in July, top rank have got held for 
Tyson Fury to have a fight, whatever. You know, there's got to be something. You know, I appreciate the work Eddie's doing. It, he's, it looks like he's grafting to get it across the line. But we're no further on than what we were three weeks ago, as we recalled this tonight. You know, this could get overtaken. But, you know, until it's actually made, I'm beginning to think, will it ever happen now? Because we're getting into realms of it's going to be too late for August or so in another week. Yeah. I, I think it's it's going to happen, isn't it? I, I don't think they'd be saying it, it's going to be announced this. I know they've, they've dropped hints saying we'll have an announcement soon, but he was pretty clear, weren't he, saying it's going to be announced this week. And we're in, like, mid-August, aren't we, in Saudi Arabia? How oh, that's going to work, God only knows. It's going to be 120 <laughs> degrees, isn't it? Well, they're, talk, they're talking of an outdoor, I mean, going a bit off topic here, they're talking of an outdoor stadium. I mean, how would you feel, Jack, fighting in Saudi Arabia, middle of August, in your unification fight? You know what? I'm not in their position. It'd be my first world title fight. And listen, don't matter where the fight is for me, I'll be there. But, <laughs> I mean, it's a different, different scenario for them, boys. But I really hope we get the announcement this week. Uh, Fury looks like he's been away training. Joshua's buried himself in London and he's been grafting. So I really hope we get that announcement and uh, it's sooner rather than later. It's, it's who does your gut tell you, Jack? What you said, John, sorry? Who does your gut tell you is going to win? Fury. Said it from the start. Yeah. Yeah, I've not changed my mind. I just think Fury, uh, ring IQ, the way, the way he moves around the ring uh, and after the last Wilder performance, the way he stuck it on him, and don't get me wrong, and I wouldn't be surprised if Joshua landed some punches and dropped him. Uh, nothing can surprise me in that heavyweight division, but I do think uh, nine times out of ten, Fury would beat him. I think if Fury, Fury, I go for in this fight. I don't write off Joshua at all if they fight in August, but I, I tip Fury. If Fury has a warm-up, I have him now, Don, if he has a warm-up first, and then they fight at the end of the year. End of that one. Right, on to uh, one of... I think one of our best and most underappreciated fighters of the last few years, Liam Smith. I, if you like boxing, you like fighting, you like watching Liam Smith, don't you? He's, the way he goes about it, his style, I like that nastiness he's got. Um, you know, you hear a lot of people say anyone, anywhere, anytime, but I think Liam really is like that, isn't he? You know, he, he, he relishes it. And Friday night, fairly typical of Liam's career, really, you know. In, in one of the fights of the year, didn't get the decision. Not many people saw it, probably got overlooked with all the Canelo and Billy Joe um, hoopla and everything. But once again, Liam gritted his teeth, put in a tremendous display, got robbed on the cards and got nothing really, you know, didn't get much appreciation for it, didn't get many pats on the back, came home and was playing Sunday League football yesterday. And I, I just think Liam, over the years, I know he's won his world title and had some big fights, but I don't think... I don't think Liam's had the credit he probably deserves. Uh, I just hope he gets one more chance. I know they were talking about um, the Kurbanov fighting Tim Zhu in a world title eliminator, but it just strikes me as maybe, you know, how these things work. The loser gets the opportunity first, and England versus Australia, Tim Zhu against Liam Smith, a former world champion, might just tick a few boxes, and I hope we gamble on Liam and give him one last chance. I hope so. You know what? Um... I, during my time at Box Nation, I most probably worked with Liam more than any other fighter with stuff. And I had a mad time with him in Dallas when um, he fought Canelo. We went over there for 24 hours for a press conference and then for the fight. And he, he was he was just superb to deal with. And he always, he's a great, Gilliam Smith is a great, great pro. And you can argue that he made Canelo work 
as much as most fighters, you know, in the last five, six, you know, six years, that 2016 fight, there, there's still fights out there for him. Um, and I think Liam would only look at big fights that are going to get him to the world stage. I'm not sure whether the domestic scene appeals to him. Of course, a big Liverpool fight would be Anthony Fowler, but I don't think he would want to come down to domestic level again unless Anthony Fowler moves on to that world stage. That would be a great fight, but I, don't, I think Fowler would have to have something for Liam to take that fight. I thought that was the bell then, John. But yeah, like Steve said, I've, I've come through on the Box Nation shows on, on the undercards of Liam Smith fights and, and plenty same fight nights as him. And I thought once he'd, he'd left Queensbury and he'd moved over to Matchroom and it was like a fresh start for him, I thought he was going to kick on and uh, be a dominant name. But he kind of kind of like gone under the radar, so to speak. And I didn't catch the fight at the weekend, but I've, I've seen the articles and I've read the news and, it was it was done on the scorecards. It was sad to see, really. But like I said, I do hope he can come back and uh, secure some big fights. It might be difficult for him to to get up to the domestic level fights now. But I do believe there's still some good fights left in him. Yes. Hang on. Uh, round five. This one I want to bring Jack in because Jack might. You know, Jack's been around a lot of gyms, Britain, all over the world. Um, sparring, sparring superstars. It's boxers that are great in the gym, but don't always repeat their form. Um, I'll tell you what's making me think of this. Lerone Richards challenges uh, Giovanni De Carolis for the European vacant European super middleweight title on Eddie Hearn's show this weekend. Now, he's done nothing wrong, Lerone. He's 14 and zero. He's about to become, you know, likely to become British, British or sorry, European champion. He's already won the British title, beat Lennox Clark, a win that looks a lot better now, um, given Lennox's win over Willie Hutchinson. But the gym reports on him have always been out, out of this world. You know, I remember Alan Smith, who used to train him, um, would say, you want to see him in the gym. You know, he's still looking good in the ring and winning, but there's 10 times that fighter to get out. And I think he's a fighter we've never seen the potential of. Go back a long time, Errol Christie. Obviously, it didn't work for him as a pro, but I'd see I'd see him spar. You know, obviously, I'm a lot older than you two. And he'd have the head guard on, and you'd think it was Sugar Ray Leonard moving about. You Suddenly, the head guard would come off, and it's er Errol Christie. And I was, was wondering, you know, you two fellas from your time around the gym, have you seen fighters that are great gym fighters that haven't kicked on in the ring? There's a fighter that uh, I used to train with some years ago in America. He used to come over to England, phenomenal fighter, and I used to spar him, uh, seeing him perform in the gym, in the top-ranked gym in America. Brilliant sparring, and just something didn't click on fight night. And there were there were two occasions where the, the camp had gone brilliant, the sparring couldn't have been any better. He'd been over-sparring Liam Smith, and we, we got to the fight night, and uh, the lights were on, the cameras were there, and I really thought it was his time time to do it, and I just it just didn't happen. I can't couldn't quite put my finger on it. I, I'd like to think I've never frozen under the under the spotlight, but just make that transition from training camp, everything that you've done, do it on fight night, but it just didn't seem to click for him. It was quite frustrating watching it. Who was that I missed who you said there? Sorry. Cecil McCalla. Uh I don't know if he's still fighting. I know he's still training. He might have just picked up a win, actually, the other month. I congratulated him, but uh, it was, he boxed Chris Van Herden, who I had him down to beat, and then he boxed Isha Smith, who I thought, you know what, he's nailed on to the, win this one. And it just didn't happen for him on fight yeah. night. There's a, there's a guy, Steve, you might have seen him, at Arnie's gym, probably about three or four years ago now, a little Filipino guy. Oh, what was he uh, called? Mike Romarate. They used yeah. to call him Phil. 
And uh, I think if you ask a few of the bantamweights and super flyweights who are around at the minute, um, winning titles, I think they might give you pretty rave reviews about Mr. Romarati. Apparently, he was an absolute terror. And uh, they tried getting him a work permit, but he just couldn't get one. And what was he? Oh, no. <laughs> uh, well, final round is that it's over to you, Jack. <coughs> Fight everyone's waiting for you, you more than anybody. Taylor Ramirez for all the belts at 140 pounds. Yep, a week on Saturday. Hopefully, I'll be there. Taylor Ramirez. Uh, it's, it's been a frustrating 18 months for me. Uh, mandatory, waiting for the fight, having to take uh, tune up fights in between, but we're almost there now. And I'm under the impression that once once the fight's done, it'll be clear then who I'm boxing for the WBO and hopefully all the belts. Who do you think you're going to be boxing? I've said it. I said it from the start. I think Taylor's going to win, and it sets me up nicely for Taylor. I think that's a much better fight uh, for for me to fight for the world title rather than Ramirez. Uh, but what a brilliant fight! Uh, I'll be over there watching, and I just think Taylor. You've got two fighters both in the prime. It's it's it's, it's an exciting fight. Yeah, I yeah, mean, I I, sorry, John. I, I can't wait for it. But Styles, Josh Taylor's always an exciting fight, isn't he? He puts himself in harm's way. Um, so it's going to be a high contact fight. They're both going to have a moments, but I'm with you, Jack. I just think Taylor will probably have a little bit too much, and it sets up something Josh wants. That uh, the big outdoor event, Edinburgh Castle. Taylor versus Catterall for the undisputed like welterweight title, doesn't it? Yeah, that England-Scotland thing certainly gives it. And I hope um, um, Josh wins. I, I think he will. I think you, talk, you spoke there of nastiness that boxers need. And he's got that in abundance. I mean, I, I spent a lot of some time with him, last, a whole day with him last year. And that side of him really, really came out there's a, there's a nasty piece of work in there. He was a good guy, but a nasty piece of work. And I, I, I think he's going to win really, really comfortably. I don't, I, I've got this thing that he's just going to go out there, not blow him away quick. He'll have, you know, he'll have his moments, but the fight will never be in doubt. Then I honestly believe he's do such a number out there. And he might, I, I wouldn't be surprised at the end of the fight. I think it go 12 rounds. He's so far clear. And, 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 yeah. and, and I just I, that's how I see it. I think he's going to win so easily. I think I think Ramirez. I mean, we've watched. I've watched all his previous fights, and and, he, and he's come on since then. But he's very one-dimensional. As in, he he's got a big heart. He'll come forward. He'll have a go. But I think when when you pause him with a southpaw, that's a more of a boxer mover. We'll get stuck in as well. I think he's going to see a lot more problems with Josh. Uh, and like you said, I think I think Josh takes away with it. I'm the same. And I, um, well, we need it. We need him to win as well, don't we? British boxing at the minute, you know, we've lost a couple of a uh, couple more of our big names have been knocked off recently, and we need these British world champions. So, uh, good for the sport as a whole in Britain, I think if Josh did it, and like we say, it sets you up next year, Jack. It sets like, up. I'll be, going, I'll be going there as a fan watching the fight, but also I've got me interested, in, and I've said it publicly. I, I hope Josh wins, and I wish him well, and hopefully he's a man of his word when he gets home with the belts. So, uh, we get up to Edinburgh and have a scrap up there. Yeah, look, I think yeah, it's just world title fight. I don't think you can beat British world title fights for capture, capturing the imagination here. You know that, that we need. That's what we need more. You know, you think a couple of years ago when we had twelve, thirteen world championships, those days are, are long gone, aren't they? You you wonder you know where it's gone wrong. We've had a few lo 
losses in America, you know, heroic losses. We just want, you know, just want to get, it's hard to think that you, two, three, four years ago, all the world champions we had, and there was next to no American champions, and it's now completely reversed, and American boxing's on the rise, isn't it, again? Sorry, John. Go on. No, no, it's all right. Go on, Jack. No, no, no. no definitely. We, we, we need him back over here. Josh brings him back over here. I'm happy to take him off him. Uh, I don't know how many world champions have we got at the moment, Steve. Do you know? Oh, three or four, is it? Um, three or four, is it, John? Oh, yeah, four, 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 top four, four head, top of my head. You've got the two heavyweights, McCauley, Sonny Edwards. Josh. Josh Chantel Cameron. Chantel Cameron. Um... Six, there's none of the other. Well, Katie Taylor boxes here, but Irish. So, yeah, about Don't five forget. or six we got. Don't forget Shannon Courtney. Shannon Courtney, okay, seven then. But I do yeah. remember you saying, when was it a couple of years ago? We had like in, in well into the tens, 15 world champions. So, it'd be nice, it'd be nice for that to happen again. Yeah, big fights. That's what we want. I mean, you know, I doubt if, and if it is Josh Taylor, I think. You know, you, you you fight. I mean, much as you'd love it to be, you know, locally at Bolton's ground or something or some great event in the Northwest, I guess Edinburgh Castle is where it is where it's going to generate most money. Yeah, of course, and I understand that he's the world champion. He's uh, he's right to, to have his, his homecoming fight. And you know what? I relish them opportunities. I know it won't be the same scale, but every every meaningful fight that I've had, Tyrone McKenna, we went to Belfast. Tom Stalker went to Liverpool. Tyrone Nurse went to Leeds and I don't mind packing my bag up and going travelling uh, and I think that Edinburgh Castle it would be brilliant I was, I was going to say Jack having got to know you a bit over the years a bit like Liam Smith you'd love that wouldn't you you know you'd love that walking out to that atmosphere that would it wouldn't be something that would put you off one iota would it that would be right up your street oh definitely I, I love travelling and you know what going up to Edinburgh for a scrap I've already planned all drummers to come all English drummers <laughs> It'd be brilliant, and you know what? I think I think there'd be a big turnout. I've never been to Edinburgh Castle, but one of my friends was up there recently working, and he took a little video for me. So I think it'd be amazing, fellas. I can't thank you enough for tonight. Thanks for coming coming into and helping us out, Jack. It's been a pleasure listening to you. Let's hope everything gets sorted out for America next week, um, and you get out there because it's so important. I think you go to that fight next week. So not just American fans and the American media, but Taylor and Mumira's know that you mean business. Definitely, pleasure for having me on. Thank you for having me on. And yeah, hopefully next time we speak, we've we've been over the the fight set. Then have to get us back on. <laughs> we will we look forward to it again John thanks a lot mate and I'll speak to you in a week I hope yeah. nice one Steve cheers nice fellas nice. Thank, you. thank you everyone see you soon bye bye for all boxing info news and latest interviews amateur and pro across and off click and subscribe VIP boxing promotions also Twitter Instagram and Facebook <laughs>